This is the Ring of Honor, aka Shane T, boy, the baddest champion you ever seen, boy. This is Mister Anderson. This is good old Jr. Jim Ross, and you are listening. You're listening to Knockouts and Three Counts. Power, power. We got the world champion. That might be one of the craziest knockouts I've ever seen in my life. Knockouts and three counts in the podcast, baby. This is the real deal, baby. Knockouts and three counts starts now. Ooh, what up, though? I survived that shithole of a storm, and it is another Tuesday night, so that means it's another episode of Podcast Gold. Thank you for checking out, whether you're watching, listening, however you're doing it. Thanks for checking out Knockouts and Three Counts. Hopefully you guys are all uh, safe out there in your neck of the woods. Uh, Dom has decided to uh, grace us with his presence again, and uh, I got to give a shout-out to Dom because because of Dom, I had my first Dice Clay experience on Sunday, and uh, that asshole face that didn't get kicked out of the uh, out of the show pretty much uh, got roasted pretty good. Not good enough, but yeah, I, I <laughs> thought it was funny when he's like, see, I insulted him, and he, he doesn't realize it now, but he'll be laying up late at night thinking about that. Why, why did he call me that? Because it's true. Yo, know, when he got to the Hickory Dickory Doc thing, like the number one ever thing that everybody that I knew who had seen him uh, told you to listen for was like even Kyle, you know, one of the hosts of the show, you know, he, uh, you know, he texted me and that's the first thing he said when I told him I was going, he's like Hickory Dickory Doc. And the funniest part is that now he's so old that it's just like you look at it and half ass are looking at it like this is like somebody's perverted ass old grandpa talking about <laughs> this shit. I mean, I'm I'm just saying, dude. Like I saw the clips and they were funny as hell, but now that he's older and cutting that joke, it's just got a different sting to it's, it. But I mean, lisp or no lisp, he was baking homie in the front row though. <laughs> he was baking. Yeah, homie. yeah, at the end talking about like uh You've been with her for 30 years. You know what she's thinking every time you climb up on top of her? I'll I'll tell you what she's thinking. Him again? (laughs) Yeah, Andrew Dice Clay was uh, off the chain. Shout out to the soundboard. Hell, we're going to be back at the soundboard, or at least I will. I don't know if Corey's coming or not, but I'll be there on the 24th to watch some of the homies kick some ass down there at Motor City Casino. Uh, If you guys are MMA fans or MMA connoisseurs, you know, make your way down to uh, Motor City Casino. Buy your tickets off the fighters, people. It helps them. They get a cut off of those tickets. These guys ain't making the most money on these lower-end shows, so help them out. Uh, With that being said, man, we got a lot to talk about in the world of uh, pro wrestling and MMA. Um, I figure we may as well start with pro wrestling and i would be i would be doing a disservice if i didn't start the wrestling proceedings with the fact that we've got a new wwe world champion and a guy who i think all of us have been wanting to see get the title for quite a while and a guy that i think nobody would really say and from what i've seen on twitter i've not really seen anybody have any backlash to it but Props to WWE for doing the right thing on this one. I was worried they were really going to kind of fumble it. I really was worried about it. But we've got a new champion. Big E defeated Bobby Lashley last night, took the strap off him, and now is back on Raw. And basically now you got the New Day back together, which I think that's a great thing as well because I think they're one of the few groups that they don't really need to split. But, Dom, 
What are your thoughts on Big E as our new champion? I got a few thoughts. First of all, like, I, okay, I'll give a highlight and low light about it because I, I've wanted to see Big E be champ for a while. Uh, I thought he was going to be the breakout star in the new day from from the start. Uh, Xavier being next, I, like me, I I think he will surpass Kofi because I think he has more. Uh, more of the it he has more charisma than than i think kofi does but i always thought that Big E would be the first to rise and be that guy not only because he has charisma but he is that big guy that vince likes and he has that he has that i can get serious while he can still be silly like it's kind of that not quite i don't want to make it sound like he, he's kurt angle but he's got a, a little tad of that where Kurt Angle's a legitimate badass. You can believe it, and he can be silly, kind of thing. So, like, I've he's, and I hate when people say that wrestlers deserve it. Like, who are we to say? But like, I feel like he's paid his dues a while. I feel like at some point he was going to get it. So I, I want to say he deserves it. Um, but I, I, so I do like the fact that he got the title. I like that he cashed in successfully. I like that they still kept Bobby Lashley looking strong and that he had an injured uh, knee at the end of it. So it, it made it look like Big E, while still being able to be a badass, still kind of protects Lashley for a rematch or in the future somehow. Because Lashley still looks strong over Randy Orton. I, what and I a feud between like, them, I think, would be dope too, dude. Lashley he, and uh, fucking Big E Big going e. at it for, man. Right, but them are two big, athletic ass, big dudes, man. <laughs> I, the one, the one thing I don't like about this is it seemed quite lazy in how Bobby Lashley just all of a sudden he tweaked his knee. You know what I mean? It was just all of a sudden. Like, why didn't did it seem all of a sudden to you? Not really, man. Because the fact that he came out of the he had just come out of that match with Randy, and it looked like he tweaked it during the match with Randy. I must have so missed that part. And I, I didn't have an issue with it. I got I'd have to go back to find the exact spot, but if I'm not mistaken, I feel like he tweaked his knee in the mac, match with Randy and was selling it as he went in. You know, as he went into the uh, match with uh, I flipped Big through e. it real. I flipped through the match real quick. I didn't watch it in full. But it, he didn't seem to be limping around too much at that. He last limped his yard. way up the stairs and onto the apron, so he limped getting into the ring. Like he used the pole to hold him up to even get in the ring. So he did a little bit getting into it. But I get what you're saying. If you skip, if you didn't watch it in full, I could see where you missed it. But I well, here's the other thing too. What are you gonna say, Corey? What I got out of that match, and really the question I want to pose to you guys is who ends up with the longer title reign? Uh, Big E or uh, Lashley? Uh, I would like to say Big E only because I feel like Bobby Lashley is more established enough that he didn't necessarily need to have the title, although all of us thought, you know, for a long time that he should be somewhere near the title. Uh, Where Big E, the reason I think his reign would be a little bit longer, and this goes into another point that I had about this, is that You've got the draft coming up. They announced the other day, and this is historic even in of itself. So you've got um, the two-night draft like they usually always do. Uh, but it's what's crazy is they usually always started out on Raw. It's starting on SmackDown this time, which to me further drives home the point of 
their a show right now is smackdown i mean i don't think there's any real argument there and i think that that's uh further proof of it but the other thing that's crazy when you talk about um you know the other thing that's crazy when you talk about you know this whole situation too this makes biggie only the sixth black heavyweight champion of any kind we've had in wwe that was I, not to since you brought up the race factor. Uh, that was actually kind of a question that I had wondered myself. Is this the first time that a black athlete in WWE has taken a title off another black athlete? No, um, I want to say not Mark Henry. Um, I'd have to look. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I don't think so. I would honestly have to go back and look, but I feel like that's happened. If any of you guys are watching and know the answer to that question, feel free to drop it in the comments or anything we're talking about. If you got anything to say, drop them in the comments. Make sure you hit that like button. And if you haven't already done so and are watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button. It helps the channel. Like I said, any and all questions, we ain't scared. Throw them in here. Throw your points in here. I'm down to debate with any of you. But uh, yeah, man, I'm really happy for Big E. I think he's going to be a good champion, and I think it comes at a good time, too, because with you getting ready to do this draft, and obviously most of the firepower is all on SmackDown, which we're going to talk about with uh, Brock Lesnar coming for uh, you know Roman Reigns, but I think having Big E as champion on Raw is a good thing because it's a fresh new look. You're not... Uh, you know, you have a fresh new look. There's a lot of different ways you can go with it. And like Dom said, I feel like Biggie is one of the balances in which the guy's got all the personality you could ever want, but at the same time is big and athletic as shit for being big. So he's, you know, there's not really a, you know, where he's got, he can just talk, but can't go in the ring as much. So I think somebody like that and with the skills of a big E, I think he's got the potential to have a longer title reign. What do you think, Tom? Uh, you think he's going to have a short reign or a long reign? Well, that's the here's the thing, and you bring up the draft, and that's why this is so important. I'm not sure I can accurately answer that question until I know who's coming over in the draft. Fair point. That 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 will determine because who who's going to take it from? I think Drew McIntyre is really going to try, you know, he had his run. You really think Drew McIntyre's going to want to take it from him? Uh, what, you really think they put take it off of Big E to put it back on Lashley? I think that likely he's going to win this, you know, win this feud uh, more than not, uh, more likely than not. So I, I'm not seeing, unless the riddle's going to get a little further of a push, but I, I don't, I don't see that in the immediate future if they're going with Big E for now. Um, so I, it's, it really depends on what they're doing in the draft. And uh, well, even to that's a good point, even in that not only is it important to see what they do in the draft, the other thing that makes that interesting is I mean, let's face it, if we're talking about the Raw roster versus the SmackDown roster, I mean, there's really no, com no real comparison on there. Now, that's not to be said, you know, you've got Charlotte Flair, who's arguably, again, I would say the best they got in the company. Uh, and then, you know, you have other people that are there, like a Lashley, like a Drew McIntyre, like Big E now and the New Day and stuff like that. So they have pieces. But Raw has not done a good job of building people up in contrast, like what we're talking about on SmackDown with Roman Reigns. So I think it's a perfect time for something like this to happen because now you can completely reshape uh, that Raw roster. And I think by doing this, 
uh, and having Big E win, I mean, it brings back some of the unpredictability for Raw, which I think it desperately needs unless you've got somebody that you plan to have the title on for a long time. Now, that could be the case with Big E, but if you don't have that, I think surprises and okay. stuff what, what if he, here Here's what I, I just had a crazy idea as you were talking. Okay. Because uh, we're talking about, like, who's going to take it off of Big E, and this doesn't really answer that question. Well, let's not even all. worry about that yet. Let's let the man no. have a reign. Fuck. <laughs> okay. Along, like, hot damn, Dom. Like, hell yeah, he got the title. Fuck you. When's it coming off him? Come on, man. I, I, I like Come having, on. I, I like having fun predicting who's going to be the person to take it off of them. That's just a fun little thing I like to do sometimes. But um, as I was going to say, what if? What if Bobby Lashley gets drafted to SmackDown? for that Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley match that we've all been clamoring for. What, what if somehow Roman Reigns is able to, you know, snake, snake it away at the at wrestling at SummerSlam. Right. So when, when is this draft happening again? The draft is happening in October. SummerSlam already happened, bro. Right. Sorry. Um, then yeah. They the got extreme rules coming up. And then okay. uh, the next big one you're going to have is going to be survivor series in November. Yeah, the draft. I thought the draft was supposed to take place at, after Survivor Series. Or no, it's well, two weeks. Two no, no. Survivor weeks is two yeah. weeks after the draft. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's October. Yeah, so they're doing it October. Th- uh, it's like October fourth and October sixth. It's like the first that first week in October is when they're getting it down. There you go, Brock. In the comments, I appreciate you, brother man. The draft is October first and fourth. See. That's Thank why you, we love when you guys comment in here because sometimes you pick us up and I appreciate you. But uh, yeah, like I said, man, I, I, this draft has the potential to really be able to help Raw. I mean, Brock, if you're watching, man, who are some of the people you want to see move around? Is there anybody you want to see come to Raw to face Big E, you know, for the WWE title? Um, Like I said, all in all, I think Big E winning the title is a real big deal. But since we mentioned it over on the SmackDown end of things, uh, since we were talking about Brock Lesnar, I mean, Brock Lesnar returned. And, you know, Brock Lesnar has really gotten good in the recent years of being able to make the most out of not really saying a whole lot, in my opinion. Because, like, him coming out there on SmackDown. Right. Well, him coming out there on SmackDown and just being like, yo, um, why didn't you tell Roman I was coming, Paul? You know what I mean? Because then that makes Paul look like he's playing both sides. And then you got Paul Heyman looking like he's going to shit himself in the middle of the ring. So, and then you now you don't know what's going to happen, but you're getting that perfect dynamic with it. So the little talking that we're getting from Brock and the fact that he actually was going to F5 Paul Heyman too, I, I'm I'm loving that shit. Hook, line, and sinker. I feel like whenever this match gets booked, whether it ends up being at Extreme Rules or they 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 push it ahead to Survivor Series, I think when that match finally happens, dude, that shit's gonna be pretty badass because See, okay, the fact I that prefer, you I prefer the Survivor go. Series. That I way, agree. My, my, I agree. That that way, my prediction of what my ideal scenario uh, can come around about where Bobby Lashley says, "No, nah, you don't get to beat me to the title. I want you." Like, so, and then winner of us can take out Roman, whatever. I'd like to see Bobby Lashley come straight for Brock and go, I want your attention. And this is how I know how to get it. Because 
what was to say Brock didn't look his way when you know like once he has the title, why would he look his so, way? So not to play just to play devil's advocate. Here's the thing, though. I like your where you're thinking, but I don't think that that's possible. And here's why: the fact that they're building up so hard that he's going to fight against uh, Bro- uh he's going to fight against Roman. Brock, Brock and Roman. You know, with the draft not happening until after Extreme Rules, nothing. I I don't really see anything happening with Lashley and right, Brock that's... until we get out of this thing with Roman, dude. Well, that's why I was saying I was hoping that it would happen at uh they'd be able to push it to Survivor Series and Bobby Lash, Bobby Lashley would just continuously get in the way, just not make it possible for Brock to win. Just continue. Like if he, I don't even know if that's possible because Randy of what Lippen Brock's, uh, Bobby getting a rematch. Okay. Kevin, so. I see. No, I, I, I love Kevin Owens. I do. That's he and Matt Riddle are my favorite in WWE, uh, full disclosure, but I don't. I I never want to see them ever be the first up when somebody's got a title defense. Like I don't want to see them go up for the title unless they're going to win. So like as awesome as that is, I don't. I don't want to see that program without Kevin Owens. I would prefer to see him come out on top. And I can't. I don't want to see him thrown immediately. And I know he's not going to win. Like this. Well, here's the thing that, that you got to take into account, too. Now, obviously, there's no nothing laid in stone, but Kevin Owens would be great. But let's not forget, you know, his contract might be up soon, too. And if you pay attention to his yeah, social media, his, his, he there's been multiple there. promos. He's and then the Bucks went right along with it Instead, in their bio as well. Not, <laughs> yep, I you saw know, that. Yeah, and so not to mention, are they already trolling like that? They're posting old promos from when they were all together in Ring of Honor. Adam Cole, him, and the Young Bucks. So, I mean, again, I'm not saying that he's not just trolling the fans because who the hell knows? And, I mean, obviously it's going to get a lot of views because everybody, you know, wants... It's definitely going to get him more money, too, even if it's not... Right, that's why I'm saying I wouldn't be shocked. And let's be honest, dude, ever since Jericho left, they really haven't done a shit ton with him. And even that being said, dude, there's a couple other people on the docket too. I mean, Johnny Gargano's contract is coming up in NXT. You got uh and uh, uh Sami Zayn's contract is coming up too. So, I mean, you've got multiple people's contracts coming up. And if there's one thing that we saw from all out with Brian Danielson and CM Punk coming, motherfuckers ain't afraid to leave WWE at this point. Right. Again, but this Go ahead, Corey. I talked a lot. <laughs> no, you're good. I the wrestling is your guys' end, so I expect you to talk a lot. Do not worry. But that being said, I feel like uh, it's a it's a good thing for there to be that much competition. I know it gets brought up all the Great. time, but like for for it to be that widely regarded, renowned that like oh hey, not only can I go somewhere else, I may even become more success more successful with the character that I'm trying to portray. If I go over here, I may end up with more viewers and more fans in what's not necessarily widely regarded as like a number two, number two, you know? Well, I think they're the solid number two at this point for sure. Well, I'm not saying, I'm saying like they're so high level with their character building and stuff like that. Yeah, they're definitely number two in like grand scheme of wrestling. But when you talk about like who gets the most eyes and who gets talked about the most on like a weekly basis, it seems like. AEW is just as high in that regard. So that's why I say a number two, but not 
a number two in the eyes of like a lot of fans right now. All right. I well, think... we got to hold on one second. Go ahead and finish your thought. But we got a question in the comments that they that Brock wants to know from all of us. What do you think about The Rock returning sometime between Survivor Series and WrestleMania, adding to what's already the best storyline? Meaning, because he's also family members with Roman and them, I think that's eventually the move. But it all just depends on how quickly they want to do it. Well, that depends on his movie schedule. Well, not only that, but here's the thing. Something tells me I could still see them kind of dragging that out until we get to WrestleMania in LA. Right. That's going to be their ideal. That's that's the that's ideal. why I'm saying I would but, like to think. I mean, I I think they would, but I mean, I also wouldn't rule out that that could happen uh, at Survivor Series because Survivor Series is one of their biggest pay per views of the year. I mean, who hell? Who knows, man? Maybe they do it to where if they do Brock versus Roman at Extreme Rules. And you get to Survivor Series and, you know, Roman puts his team of five or some shit together with the Usos and all that. And then maybe The Rock shows up or something like that. Maybe not part of the match, but he just confronts them. But there's a million different ways they can go with it. I just, something tells me they're going to either hold that for like a WrestleMania kind of thing. Whether even in Texas next year, I could see it happening with it being at at and Stadium. I mean, that's 100,000 in there. That's what I was going to say. If they're doing the whole surprise factor, if they're not like putting that in the uh, advertisement and stuff that he's going to be at the event and stuff, the only place they would do that in my eyes is a WrestleMania because it's the only spot that's worthy of something in that regard. I'm not so sure about that. Really? I mean, I, I think they would purposely advertise, for, advertise him for WrestleMania to try and get more people to show up. Like, well, he, Kyle was saying that he might just pop in at one of the other pay-per-views. And right, like, yeah, because in one of the other pay-per-views, it might, by him not showing up unannounced, makes it like, hey, you should be at WWE shows because you never know who will show up. They did that at, um, what, what, they did that with him at a house show at, uh, at the Garden, didn't they? Or like, they had The Rock show up and then they were parading it around on Monday Night Raw the next week. You know, this is like five six years ago or something like that but like they they've had title changes on house shows just to try and get people to to feel like hey you need to show up at these shows because if you don't you might miss something so well and that's something i was talking about with raw too i mean obviously we're talking about smackdown at this point but just bringing back some of that unpredictability but i mean brock said in the comments and it's a good point when you think about it ideally i would like to see it i think la would be the spot that they want that to happen but you know he brings up a good point in saying you know he thinks 37 would be where it has to be because if you wait it out to 38 you might lose some of the luster on it so i i I could see that too i don't think that that i heard something about him having a busier schedule this year with with filming or something and I, i don't remember what it was but i I don't think he's going to be at this year's WrestleMania. I'm not, I don't, I'm fuzzy on the details, but to my knowledge, he's busy around that time and WWE wants him, but it doesn't look like it's all that plausible. It it doesn't seem likely. It makes shit interesting. If nothing else, I definitely want to see it whenever it comes. Well, that's not all that we got to talk about as far as uh, wrestling stuff. So, For those of you who were paying attention to SmackDown on Friday, you know, we talked about the whole thing 
with mentioning Brock and Roman and all that stuff. And that was the main focal point for SmackDown. But Trey Young shows up on SmackDown and chokes the shit out of Rey Mysterio. Like, I mean, and to have him do it in Boston, man, they were booing the shit out of that guy. Man, I should have been in uh, rocking my Atlanta hat. Trey Young's the boss, man. What are your thoughts on uh, him showing up to choke out old Mr. 619, man? I, I mean, you asking me or Corey? I, I, well, I didn't get to personally. I'm see asking it, Corey because he follows the basketball. I, I didn't get to uh, see the clip or anything like that. So how when you rank him on a list of uh, celebrity slash athlete appearances, how well did he uh, how well did my man? I mean, do? he didn't really do anything. He came out to the ring with Sami Zayn and then just choked Mysterio a couple times while he's on the ropes. But Brock chiming in in the comments. We appreciate you guys, whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you're watching. Keep the comments coming, man. And we'll and, you know, you guys get to steer the ship. Uh, he said he thought it was hilarious, but uh yeah, man, I I thought it was funny. I mean, he didn't really do a ton. Like, he just walked out to the ring with him, choked him a little bit. But it was more so to have him come out being hated in Boston, I think, was more uh, more the speed they were going for. And in that case, it, uh, in that case, it accomplished uh, what it was supposed to. But I mentioned briefly that we got NXT 2.0. Uh, if you guys are watching this, obviously it started at eight. I will be checking it out once we get off the air. But uh, Dom, what are your what are your thoughts on this new NXT thing and the timing of Samoa Joe having to drop the title due due to injury? Is it is it uh, too cynical to say that I think it's it might be like uh foreshadowing so i thought that too but i feel like with it being an injury though i it's the perfect metaphor it's now i get it in in bruce pritchard right so well right and i get that death but it's the death of the triple h regime and it's going to look more like raw and smackdown it's it's the death of what was something that a lot of people would call beautiful, so to speak. And it, it was the best thing that was, you know, on WWE television. And now Vince McMahon is going to pollute it with his ideas. And it, it's, it's not going ha- to look anything like what it was. Well, here, so here's my thing with that. So I definitely agree with you that I'm a little nervous to see what we got from NXT tonight. For sure. Because NXT has been my favorite brand from WWE for a long time. That being said, though, at least in the case of Samoa Joe, obviously, especially with the timing and the way it happened, it's easy to uh, uh, it's easy to, uh, you know, say that it's because, you know, they're switching, you know, switching everything up. But in this case, I just don't think so, being that Joe had been out for so long and they did all that just to finally bring him back and then he wins the title to just have him drop it like that i just find it hard to believe that they would do that because that kills any fucking momentum and the way that they had him finish the promo that he cut saying i feel sorry for whoever it is that wins the vacant title because i'll be back i mean i think it was probably he aggravated some kind of small uh injury and they, he's got to be out, whether that's a sprained ankle, broken hand, wh- whatever it might have been. 
I, I haven't seen what the actual injury is, but I think it's probably going to be somewhere along the lines of that. Well, Brock is watching NXT right now, and he's seen the set. He says, I don't like the set. The crowd was lackluster. Uh, you can tell it was different. Brock, you're scaring me. Hot damn it. I didn't even get to watch it yet. Now I'm kind of like terrified to see what's going to be on my screen. Is the matches and stuff at least good? Is like the commentary still the same or do they just fuck it all up? Let me know in the comments, man. But uh, yeah, I'm a little nervous to see what we're going to see from NXT. And I definitely hope, you know, it doesn't come at the detriment of some of the badass talent uh, that they have over there in NXT. Um I don't know, man. It's it's interesting. We're going to have to see in the next few weeks because obviously the change isn't all going to happen in one night, whatever it ends up being. Um, I do have a comment like we, though, in regards to Samoa ahead. Joe. Uh, I do. I would like to see him you know, with that follow through on that uh, that promo and actually win it. And, I, and I'm hoping that you are um, – I'm hoping that you're right, that he'll just pick up where he left off. But how many times has he been injured now? And you know how he's how been Vince injured gets, a lot. That's always Vince been his problem. Very gun shy when guys get injured like that. And I think that this is going to be the end. Of, like I, I told you this uh, after the dice show. I think this is go- like the end of him having any real top guy push. I, I don't think he's going to get another one because Vince won't trust him. Vince, it's. I, so I normally guys. would agree with that, except there's a few things that make this different, in my opinion. A, because they just went through all that to bring him back as a wrestler, even made him champ and all those things. B, I agree with you on the injury thing, but you also got to realize Joe clearly has to be over with WWE to some degree because they're even bringing him out to the tryouts to have him help scout people. So, yeah, no, no, but I'm saying, I, it's like I said on, you know, at the casino, we're, it's not like he's going to to be the top guy. He might have a very prominent backstage role or commentary. I'm not saying they won't use him. They don't value him for what he can, for what he can bring to the table. But in regards to being a top guy wrestler, I think I get that is over for him. It's not like they they don't still love him and want to use him and see his value. That there's those are two different things. Two completely different things. I hear you. Well, Brock, if you're in the comments, man, you know, let us know what you think about Joe's uh, Joe's next move. Do you think, uh, you know, do you think that they're going to, you know, keep keep him right where he's at, or do you think he falls back down the line? Well, all right. So we talked about all those things. I would be remiss if before I talk about some of the things in combat sports, I didn't talk about Ring of Honor, Death Before Dishonor. After we got back from the Dice Show, um, I had to check it out. I mean, not only was PCO on it, past guest of the show, which if you haven't already done so, hit that subscribe button. Uh, Our homie Shane Taylor, man. Shane Taylor's been rocking with us since the beginning of this show, and him and STP went to war with La Faccion, Ingronables, Kenny King, Bestia, and uh, Dragon Lee since Roosh is out with a busted knee. And hell, Los, uh, you know, La Faccion and Grenables tried to, LFI tried to take out Shane before he ever got to the ring. Kenny King busting his knee out and smashed the shit out of uh, Shane's knee and taking him out. Uh, the big bad Kaiju, um, O'Shea Edwards had to step up and uh, take Shane's spot only for Shane to come out and get a little get back on uh, Kenny at the end and smoking him with a chair for Khan to get the pin. Hey, I talked to Khan today about him coming on the show. So if we got any Ring of Honor fans, you know, 
like I said, let them know you want to see them over here. But I was happy for uh, Shane and the boys from STP that they were able to retain the ROH six-man titles. Uh, I don't think it'll be a long time before you see Shane towards uh, that ROH world title gold. Um, like I said, good stuff there. Uh, Dom, have you gotten to see much of STP at all? No, not really. Okay, so you haven't gotten to check out Ring of Honor as much, but in my opinion, dude, Shane Taylor Promotions is one of the best groups that's going right now. Speaking of groups, also, shout out to fellow guest, past guests of the show. Again, hit that motherfucking subscribe button. Uh, Mike Bennett and his partner, Matt Taven, the OGK, as they uh, had their match last night, they were victorious over the Briscoes, who are one of the best tag teams of an all of Ring of Honor history. Uh, shout out to OGK. We're going to have to see if they get them towards, uh, some of them tag straps. But again, we had a great chat with Mike Bennett, uh, about his release from WWE, his mindset, uh, doing things over there at Pele pro wrestling. Uh, a lot of good stuff there. Brock coming back in the comments about NXT. I honestly think, uh, he's outgrown NXT. Uh, his impact on the brand is well established. And if he comes back, he'll reclaim the title. Great. But seeing him back on the main roster. So he wants to see Joe go back to the main roster. I mean, it's not a bad point because I mean, especially since they're, they're making it more clear that they want this to be more of a developmental for them. Um, No one. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I could see it. I mean, we know how Vince is with that stuff. So like I said, I could see it. Um, just to finish up on Ring of Honor, man, you know, it was also crazy. Two of the guys that we just saw get let go from NXT, Jake Atlas and Tyler Rust going now again by Taylor Rust, faced each other in Ring of Honor. These dudes just got released like a week ago. Like, uh, it's crazy to see these guys pop up, and they had a hell of a match on uh, Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor. We also had a new pure champion in a badass match between Jonathan Gresham and... Uh, Jonathan Gresham and the new champion, Josh Woods, who, like I said, I have spoke with Ring of Honor. Hopefully, we're going to try to get them to a show near you uh, real soon. Overall, great show for Ring of Honor. Uh, I hope they can get some more eyes on it because it wasn't uh, as full as you would have hoped it'd be. And we got a new women's champion. Roxy uh, won the women's uh, title on Sunday. She uh, she defeated Mar- uh, Miranda Alizé. Like I said, uh, big fan of Roxy as well. So, like I said, good stuff from Ring of Honor. I'm just hoping we can see you know a little bit more eyes on them as we go forward. Um, all in all, good show though. Um, as far as so as far as the MMA and combat sports side of things, Corey, I'm going to throw it to you. Um, and Dom, feel free to chime in as well. So there's been a lot of talk lately, uh, with Sean O'Malley's next fight coming up and what he said about, you know, not wanting to fight the best of the best. You know, I heard him elaborate a bit, a bit on that today. And I mean, as a fight fan, maybe you may not like it, but with what he said, I can't blame him. He's like, look, man, I'm locked in at the money I'm making. Why do I want to take a risk of screwing my shit up? for the same money either way when I can renegotiate and make more money to fight the better fights. Hey man, I I can't be mad at him. And with all the talk that we've had about fighter pay and what guys from the UFC are getting and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I can't be mad at him for it. I, and I could completely understand somebody else of his skill level 
being mad and it not necessarily meaning too much, but he is literally doing every single thing he can to get his name out there in media, runs his own multiple podcasts. I do have some comments own. when you're done, just for just for the record, sorry. Huh? He has he runs his own Twitch. He he does everything he can to connect with fans talking about Sean O'Malley. So he is somebody in my eyes who deserves to earn more than what their contract is currently worth because of the fact not only is his skills incredibly high, not only is he generating a bunch of fanfare, he's also doing everything he can to help generate that fanfare. I mean, I I understand he is locked in a contract and so on and so forth, but he's also in that same interview, if you're talking about him on uh, the Ariel Hawani show, yep. he had also mentioned that he's very much willing and wanting at this point to fight out the remainder of his contract and at least test the waters in free agency to see what uh, some other uh, organizations would be willing to pay him. And when you're talking now, about some- I did hear that, but he also said that the UFC has treated him very, very well and that he doesn't yeah. have a desire to leave the UFC. It's all a matter of getting paid what he feels he's worth. So that I don't, yeah, I'm not so sure that, that he's going to leave the UFC no, like I, I'm that. I'm not saying that either. I'm just saying he's, he's playing it smart. He's saying what he needs to say in a business sense that a free agent of any other sports company, team, whatever the case be, would say is the fact if you guys aren't going to pay me what I feel as though I'm worth, I'm going to find somewhere that will pay me. And if that's not the case, then, you know, if you guys can't extend my contract for what we're currently under, then I am going to take a look at what uh, market, you know, is worth in my opinion. So, in I think it's a great move for him. I, I being a fan of O'Malley, also think he does maybe need to take a step up in competition. I talk about it all the time with his fights and stuff that he does get matched in, but it makes perfect sense. If you're somebody like he is, as much fanfare and everything as he has, he's still on his contender series contract, if I'm not mistaken. So you're talking he's making like 15 and 15. Maybe he's getting the Dana White rub and maybe he got up to 50 and 50 or something. And you're talking somebody of his caliber who, in a lot of fans, like – to use this as an example, our good friend Jesse, Kyle, you'll know who I'm talking about. He basically only comes out to pay-per-views anymore if it's a Sean O'Malley fight. And that's been like that for, like, what, the last three of his fights or something? So Hell, he didn't even come out for the last one, but it's usually got to be him or McGregor, you're right. You know what I'm saying? And that's, yeah, yeah. that's rare light that, he, you know, somebody gets that kind of fanfare, and that's from a complete casual friend of the combat sport. So... He's worth more money, obviously. I feel like everybody's noticing that, but you are locked in a contract. So I, I'm interested to see how it plays out. As for competition and skill level, I would have loved to see the Frankie match, but I, I get it. I, I fucking get it, you know? I just, you wanted to, I just wanted to rub this point in a little harder that it's a business decision. This is a negotiation tool. You can say, you really want me to fight these guys? any more money it might especially because you were talking about he's doing all of these things to garner a larger fan base to make himself worth more so he's coming at this from all angles to basically say you know i'm worth more money and if you really want to see me fight those people rip out my old contract and let's you know drop a new one and pay me what i'm worth and i'll start fighting the guys you want me to fight like it 
I think that might be part of it because that's that's going to be a negotiation tool even when he comes to it after it's expired. Like he could say, okay, well, what kind of fights do you have lined up for me if I'm making those wages? No, 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 no. I'm not fighting those guys. I'm thinking more like these guys here. You know, like I don't I don't want to fight the top guys. So, you know, you want you want me to fight those guys, you're gonna have to pay me even more. And oh, by the way, my following on Twitter, Instagram, da da da, da is going up by this percent time, you know, over over time, I should probably be worth this much. So you should probably pay me based on what I will be worth. Like I, I'm thinking it's probably gonna be more like that if he's going because it, he's it's very smart. Uh, it's a hundred percent smart. I've got no problem with it at all. And especially with the way things have been with uh, the money in the UFC. And I mean, that's one of the few things you can honestly say, you know, might be a good thing with all these thriller fights that we're seeing is that it might finally open some eyes to better pay. But again, as we've seen, Dana White is not above, you know, he's not above, you know, stoning you out. If you don't want to, if you don't want to play ball at the price they want to play a ball at. So, I mean, like I said, it's going to be really interesting to see where he goes and who he ends up fighting. Because, again, I'm not convinced that he's leaving the UFC, but I definitely think he's going to try to use this uh, as a bargain. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, with that being said, with that, though, I mean, speaking of these thriller fights and all that uh, stuff. Uh. Oh, my God. I was kind of really scared when I heard that Holyfield stepped up to take this fight in two weeks, you know, on two weeks notice or whatever it was. But, dude, he didn't look good hitting pads. He didn't look good moving around. And then what's even more sad about it, I'm not mad at you for being hyped because you won, but Vitor was acting like he just won the (laughs) UFC belt. He won. That that was probably the the highlight of the night is watching Vitor celebrate like he had just his – his young child had defeated cancer. He had won the belt. Every, everything had happened to that man all at once because he had beat an almost 60-year-old uh, Evander Holyfield. So it, it was uh, it was a bit of a shit show, honestly. Like that, The Triller events have kind of steadily uh, went a little bit downhill. In Other than the fact that Anderson Silva looked great, I feel like that's one thing we can say is he did a really good job of uh, letting Tito think he was doing something just to uh, throw a great counter shot. But what the hell were those punches Tito was throwing? Those ho- those three hooks he threw like that, I'm like, what? It's like he's pitter-pattering this dude, and then he finally just times it and ducks and just overhand bolos his ass. Right? It's Tito Ortiz. I mean, I didn't expect him to be the best boxer in the world, but that looked pretty shitty. It did look pretty shitty, but he thought he had <laughs> Silva backed in a corner. He realized that if he overcommitted on a shot, he was going to get countered the fuck out of. And uh, he didn't even need to overcommit. He just needed to throw a pitter-patter shot and still got countered the fuck out of. So. Now, but, here's the question, though. Do you think that that had to do with the fact that Tito couldn't make weight? It didn't help. I don't think it wasn't like... Tito couldn't make weight. It's the fact that Tito hadn't been that small, like he had noted since like uh, early in his college years or late in his uh, high school wrestling years. I forget what he said, but it's one of the two that he hadn't been that small since then. He Cle- said it was since he, uh, he said it was high school. Okay, well, let me tell you the one time I got down to my high school weight, people thought I was a ghost. They're like, "Where did your soul go?" I was and, like, "Okay, I guess I got to put on some weight." <laughs> 
And <laughs> now, Dom, now imagine doing that at what Tito Ortiz is what forty six at this point or something. Right. So something like it's that. Even that much, that much. We're you know like it. It's just not a great look. I think the weight did have maybe something to do with the fact that he kind of got one punch KO'd. I mean, Anderson did kind of throw a couple, but you, you turned your back, so hey, you get hit in the back of the head. It is what it is. But uh, he kind of got one punch KO'd and was asleep for a good 20 seconds, it looked like, on the ground, face down. So That was hard body, though, dude. He, he put him out, dude. Yeah, I, maybe the weight cut had something to do with it. Or maybe the fact that I think Anderson Silva was going to whoop his ass any way that went. Maybe it's just. I still think neither one of them should be fighting anymore. Yeah, maybe it's. Just but I got no problem with Silva fighting fights like these. Is... Silva just beat Julio Cesar Chavez's kid. He's a former world champ. I I still think they're a bit old. I don't want to see a Muhammad. I'm not Ali saying I want him to make a run like... for a title or nothing, but as long as well, it's a decent matchup, I got that's... no problem with it. That's one thing you can actually say if you have watched Anderson Silva's fight since he's been out of the UFC is uh, he hasn't really been hit. I, I, I would honestly agree with you, but that's even something while he was in the UFC he was amazing at was his head movement and his ability to not Right. Hit. And he's done an even better job of that in uh, boxing, I feel like. He really has. I, don't, I would have to like look up what his actual stat records are and stuff, but... Like Kyle had noted, whether Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. is kind of a bit of a laughing stock of boxing or not, he is a former champ. Is extremely a high level, still high, you know, still is the main event in cards in a boxing term. So that that means something, you know. And no, uh, we were thinking deck of cards. And, and Anderson, Anderson really uh, did pour it on him. And if if. I pulled up the actual striking numbers. I I would be surprised if he took 20 shots in that fight. And that was over the course of like six to eight rounds or whatever before he got the finish. So that was, that was great. Well, Brock coming in in the comments again, he said, can we get someone to please drop one or both of the Paul brothers? Well, technically yes, Tyron indeed. Woodley did because he had to hook the fucking rope. Uh, but that being said, uh, Speaking of Anderson Silva and Vitor Belfort, and before we talk about what the fuck that was with Holyfield, well, I guess we should talk about that first because that could, one of those two could be the one to do it. So before we talk about some of the potential matchups for both of them coming out of here, I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on this whole Holyfield-Belfort thing? Um, I contemplated turning it off when I watched Holyfield make his uh, walk to the ring. I'll start with that point. Um, I was genuinely nervous, especially when they did the whole trailer, we're going to stick a microphone and camera right in your face before you make the walk down moment. That was uh, that was interesting when you're talking about somebody as uh, old as uh, Holyfield was and looked, to be honest. He did not look like he needs to be fighting anybody. He looks like he needs to be coaching, maybe use them skills while he still has some mental capacity to show other people how to box. But at the age and skill level he is currently at, he is doing nothing but an injustice to himself and his career that he's uh, built up to this point by still going out there, in my opinion. Dom, what about you? No comment. 
that bad. <laughs> It was. It was that bad. I, I, I agree, man. I saw it. Well, the reason I bring that up is, A, we had to talk about it. But here's the other thing. If you think that wasn't TRTV tour, I don't give a shit what nobody says. But should it not be? Isn't I mean, I ain't mad at you. I mean, it's not the same. Everybody that's in a high level in boxing, don't you, how many boxing fights do you hear that end up getting canceled, rebooked, or moved because somebody popped? And these are oh, hold on, dude. That's not fair. You can't say that because was, that you have that shit in MMA plenty too. Yeah, okay, but I feel like to a much more significant regard, and in, in the thing that separates, especially the UFC compared to MMA in general, is UFC is under USADA, so their their athletes are constantly getting tested. Where a lot of the boxers aren't getting tested unless they're either actively in competition. And a lot of the states, depending on which they fight in, only test the uh, fighters in championship bouts. So depending on which organization they're in and what state they may be fighting in, they might not they may not be subjected to a test for five to ten fights. Well, fight. I was listening to Dan Raphael Raphael today on uh, Jimmy Smith's show, and he said that he had talked to people in Holyfield's camp, and they even went above and beyond like the physical shit on their own to make sure he was good. And that's still uh, what we got. I mean, as they should. And even at that, they shouldn't because he just shouldn't be getting in a damn cave. I mean, like California, usually I am a stern believer in freedom and California can keep most of their rules in California, if you know what I mean. But uh, that being said, California got this one right, for sure. There was a reason why they were not willing to sanction this bout, weren't even willing to do, give it the uh, exhibition title and let it happen under their uh, state banner. So props on uh, California for taking so, the proper moves, in my opinion. That brings me... Go ahead. You got something, Dom? I just was making sure I didn't cut you off. Okay, so... You're good. Here, so here's the thing with that, right? So... Now that brings us to a funny thing, because if you listen to any of the post-fight interviews with Anderson Silva and them, Anderson Silva said that the Paul brothers should come fight him and Vitor. I, for one, have not a problem in the world with watching Anderson Silva beat up Jake Paul. But do you think Jake Paul has the balls to pull the trigger on that one? Can we make it an MMA fight? I'm cool with boxing from what Uh, he's been doing so far. That's what I'm saying with with somebody uh, who wasn't the striking caliber of an Anderson Silva, I would agree with you. Can we make it an MMA fight for once, you know, where you're going to keep pulling these MMA guys in and expecting them to box to a level? No, but, but he's Anderson also Silva a jiu-jitsu has, expert. <laughs> Anderson Silva has shown his acclimate in boxing now in his two Just fights. Just ask Chelsea. Really yeah, but I still – I would like to see, you know, the, the kicks – the head kicks, he's you know the spinning kicks. But Jake Paul ain't gonna stuff. do that, man. He's training straight boxing. That's fine. <laughs> let him do that, and let Silva do his spinning heel kicks. All right. <laughs> Shit, Dom just said fuck it's... the rules, man. <laughs> no, I didn't. I said put it under MMA rules. Let let Jake or Logan Paul do whatever the fuck they want, that, but that let everybody actually... else do what they want too. That is actually one thing that they have brought up on the uh, broadcast, that Triller's uh, next event, they're looking to do a mixed uh, promotion with, like, it's going to be, 
a mixed rule set of MMA boxing, so I'm assuming it's going to be like some relative takedowns, but it's going to be like maybe you have a max of 30 seconds or a minute on the ground or something along those lines. So I'm, I, I am excited is not the right word. I almost spit out excited, but excited is not the right word. I'm curious what they end up doing with that. That's one thing on the night that did leave me curious. All right. So I, like I said, I'm interested to see what they do with that, but only time will tell. All right, now we got to talk about a topic that I've got a lot to say about. Uh, If you've been paying attention to any of the MMA news, and now before I say anything, I'm throwing this out here, right here now. I've got no problem with gay people, got no problem with trans people. I mean, what you do with your body, that's, that's between you and God. You do your thing. That ain't got nothing to do with me. Here's where I got an issue. And Corey, I'd love to get your opinion being that you've got two daughters, but the fact that you see the pictures of this trans woman or whatever you want to say, you know, you see what he looked like as a man. The, the pre, the pre-op post-op pictures. Is that what you're referring to? Yes. Okay. And that not, dude, o- not necessarily operation. Cause I don't know what's going on. Whatever, but he wasn't a small guy to begin with. Yeah, no, not at all. He, he looked like a, you know, solidly built, he was built too. Yeah. And that it, and it, here's the thing, dude. You know, to me this is so not only is it disrespectful and demeaning of the sport, but on top of that, by doing this shit, MMA already has a bad enough rap from all the human cockfighting shit of John McCain and the fact that people bleed a bunch more a lot of the time in UFC and just because you see kick yet right yeah but I would argue you get more from that a lot of time from boxing to be honest because you take more shots to the head that way it's still a thing it's still oh it's definitely definitely for sure and that's my thing though so like in the older athletes when they trained in a different way and sparring was like a daily procedure of you go into the gym you're sparring nowadays you see people like Holloway who are at the highest level of the game say that they've went two or three camps now at this point without even really sparring. So that the level of damage outside of the octagon has changed. So I don't feel as much is so there will be as much as there was prior. I feel like the training and everything has mitigated some of that. There still will be some cause there's always outliers, but I feel like it will be a reduced amount going into the future, I guess. It might be reduced, I, but again, it's it's still going to be a lingering issue. I feel yeah. I don't think it's going to be so scarce because when you're when you take fights, blows to the head or blows to the head, especially when it's you're not wearing helmets, right? Like it's but and even anyways, when you are, I can off. tell you from experience, even getting socked with headgear on, it's not like that might cushion the blow a little bit, but. Let you break a, in that headgear a little bit and let them start popping you in the forehead. As a former football player, I've gotten many uh, neck stingers and uh, a little bit of headaches from uh, some head-on-head collisions. So I don't feel. I, I well, understand the and, point with the and, helmets, but helmets. No, 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 I'm saying even even with helmets, if it's more occurring in in football, I I get that because you're all you are running full. It's basically a car crash every collision. You're running through like 40, 60 car crashes. So, but I'm saying, 
you're not you're not wearing any protective headgear and it's you know just a glove and that's all you have to pad yourself it's not yeah but it it's still going to be a thing is what i'm saying even with the helmets it's still a thing you're not you don't have a helmet it's it's going to be a thing well i agree completely though and my the reason for bringing that up is it's like look man again it's not uh having any problem with your own preferences but i mean dude do letting things like that happen that's such a slap in the face to all the females that are in you, there, dude. Do you want do you like, want me to chime in here with, with, with uh my points? I, I'll get your let's, point let's, in one second. Okay. But I'll get your point in one second because the reason I say that is because like okay, we just got done talking about AEW. I've interviewed Nyla I've interviewed Nyla Rose before. I'm so and and the thing is, I don't in in Oh, even in wrestling, man, you know, you're still taking a beating. But I mean, the difference here is you don't have a full grown man. And now, again, I understand getting the hormone stuff or whatever, like that, I guess, takes away some of your testosterone. I don't exactly know how it all works, though. Right. But the bone structure is still the same. And to be taking shots like that in a fight and 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 this is why I brought it up to you, Corey, I mean. Say down the road, say down the road that Ariel or Charlotte wants to fight, and then you see shit like that, and you're allowing that in MMA. So, all right, I want to like be the devil's advocate here because I agree with your side of the argument. I full heartedly do. I feel like even though it would be really hard to do matchups and so on and so forth, I'm sorry. We do need to play a little bit of devil's advocate first, sure. But to finish that quick point they need to start their own not not league because I, I i feel like they've been segregated enough why can't they have their own division though why can't they have their own division where they're fighting similar trans athletes in similar weight classes maybe open up the weight just you know five or ten pounds either way so that you can get maybe more matchups and stuff but in all in all honesty that's the only way i see it not being a controversial thing and and i, I just don't understand and well, I have no here's... But what what I was going to say with the whole uh, devil's advocate thing is uh, her opponent, excuse me for forgetting uh, her opponent's name, but uh, she had came out and said that she was actually willing and wanting to accept the match and stuff. And she had trained with men throughout her whole career and uh, felt... See, but being willing to take a fight and it up. being a fight that should happen are two different things. So, Muhammad um, Ali's last fight shouldn't have happened. Well, what what she had said in that quote, her opponent saying that I train with men and that I can, you know, do what I can. That to me is a clear example of why this fight shouldn't have happened is because of the fact that if you have to compare it to to training with the other sex to get in the octagon cage, whatever the uh, match had taken place, and I forget now uh, what under what promotion it was under. But whatever the case be, if you have to compare it to training and everything with somebody that you're already at a known disadvantage with, then how is that a fair matchup going into it? If that's what you have to compare it with to go going into it. So I, I like I said, I'm with you on it, dude. Just my personal opinion. And again, even from being someone that's fought, I mean, dude, I've trained with I don't know how many females over the years. But if we're in a full-blown fight and like 
it's one thing to spar with somebody and sparring with somebody still hurts people but yeah. there's a difference between just hauling off and full-blown just wailing well, on a chick and there's plenty of girls i'm sure that can beat the hell out of some of the guys yeah but i'm just I, saying not like to, not to brag on like you know sexism or anything because uh, clearly two daughters old lady at home i'm very supportive of women out here but no women I'm in sure mma is that, great but i don't think I'm, shit like that should be in allowed because when it, you were younger kyle right like you you've gotten you know bigger and stuff as you've gotten older as we all have but when you were younger you were you know at the 130 right so i'm sure you were training with some of these girls that were even bigger than you and i'm sure you felt a strength advantage over women that were even bigger than you if you get what i'm saying so oh for sure dude and i mean and it's not but i mean again there's always an exception to every rule and there's plenty yeah. of women i know that could kick my ass too oh, but it's just I'm, a not, fa- I'm not saying no sure yeah but it, it, it it's just a fact it's just a fact man yeah. i mean it's a it's a physical yeah. fact and it more worries me in the sense that the girls that are going to come after this, what they're getting into. But Dom, I know you had a lot to say about this. What are your thoughts on? So for, uh, first of all, I know there's going to be somebody out there saying anything you can do. I can do. Just, no, I was going to do the, the old Gatorade commercial. Anything you can do, I can do better. Right. I, I think that might be where this started. And people think that men and women are equal on across the board. Just, just that they're exactly the same. And, well, for example, women are traditionally more flexible in most cases than men are. So gymnastics is a sport that women have a more significant advantage in, right? Now, I've got I got into an argument with someone over this in an, a Nyla Rose. Uh, it was actually about Nyla Rose. I was like, look, I don't care as much because it's wrestling. It's it's a little odd for me. But if we're re- if this was a real fight, we're talking about. Uh, and I had to really, you know, I tried to bring in basketball. I'm like, well, it's not their fault. They're only like five six. But I brought in soccer too. And I'm like, it's funny you bring up the height five six because that's Lionel Messi's height. For anybody who doesn't know the name Lionel Messi, you must be living under a rock. That is, arguably, not in my opinion, not. I'm I'm more a CR seven fan, but Lionel Messi is arguably the greatest player in the world and arguably the greatest player of all time. There are some people who literally say there's never been a better footballer than Lionel Messi. He's only 5'6". But when I watch women's soccer players play, their footwork is not as good as many of the men's teams. Just the quality is not as good. And that's not to take a a, a dump on them, but women had gotten a late start on it. Women women have gotten better over the years. And we're looking at other countries in soccer. Women are are getting better and better and catching up to the United States women's as well. So it's not like the potential isn't there for them to be, you know, really skilled at it and possibly compete on the men's level. If there is a woman who does, I'm all about seeing it. But I don't think I want to see men encroaching on the women's leagues at all. Like, and here's the thing. I, I was mentioning this on the on the way home from the dice show. Um there was this uh, girl who's a two-time state champion. Her sophomore and junior year, she was state champion. So going into her senior year, she should run away with it, no problem. But the state had passed a law saying that transgenders could go where into whatever gender they felt like competing in. She said she knew that these two men were come or these two male to female transgenders were coming, and and she was going to be in competition with them. She said, "Pardon me, that she trained harder than she ever did." And 
She still lost in the state title. She took third place behind them both. She couldn't keep up with them. It's like, I, I had a friend who was a wrestler, Alec, well, I, I won't say his name, uh, but he was a three-time state champ, and he was a runner-up his senior year, his freshman, sophomore, and junior year. He took state champ. Senior year, he took second because he got the flu, and he weighed in at 145 when he was wrestling at 152 when you have a three-pound allowance, right? So the guys he was wrestling against were 155. He lost by one point. Like that's an acceptable reason to lose when you've been state champion multiple years. But for people to come out of nowhere, unless they transferred from another state, like this isn't, this isn't right. You got to think about in the future, how many male born athletes who become transgenders will end up taking scholarships from female born athletes. And eventually if this continues, sports will be for male born people only. And that sounds sexist. In my opinion, if you have to be born a male to have any shot in any sport, like that's where this will eventually go. So, and I feel like, and Corey, you got two daughters. Imagine, imagine your daughters don't want to play sports because they don't feel there's a shot and you don't get to have those moments with your daughters when they, when they like sports, but you don't get to have those, you know, those coach them up moments with them anymore because they feel, what's the point? I can't compete. And for those of you who want to say that uh, they they are equal across the board, I forgot to give this example. All right, because I don't, I I dislike the United States women's national team not because of their brashness, their cockiness, and and all the celebrations and stuff. I think soccer needs that. Uh, women's soccer specifically needs it to draw eyeballs to it, to get the revenue that they so greatly want. Uh, which that's part one of why I dislike them. They want the same amount of money as men when they don't bring the same amount of revenue, but that's a different argument for a different day. Um, what I truly, what truly makes me more mad at them than anything else is that they wanted to change the, the game of soccer, not just for men, or sorry, not just for women, but for men, because women are three times more likely to get a concussion via heading the ball because their skull is not as thick. And this was an outside the lines report on ESPN. This is not just, you know, something I read on the internet. I sat there and I was watching it and I got pissed. I got, I got livid. I remember this from a year and a half ago. I am still mad about it. You do not change the game like that. Just because if you want your safety and you want to take headers out of the game, fine. Women's soccer can, you know, not have headers and the men's can, but the problem is the money. They want to make the same amount of money as the men and, having that big difference will change the the excitement behind it in the men's will, soccer will like they women can't have headers that's less scoring and there's barely any scoring in soccer anyways so, so what's they got to do with people them getting beat up by transgenders right. and MMA boss well that i'm 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 bringing i'm coming I'm, I'm coming full circle right full circle it's all about them with with their heads not being as thick as men's are and if they're wanting to change a game to do that, you can't say, well, it's the same as men and there's no difference in competition. When women are already out here saying, we want to change the game to adapt for our bodies because we can't do what the men can. Like women are out here admitting this, campaigning for this. So you can't say, oh, there's no I feel difference. like that depends on the sport, though, because if we're talking about combat sports, you know, in boxing, they're it's campaigning. Even worse. No, I'm it's saying, not, but, because they're trying to get the three-minute rounds. They don't even got the same length of round no, no, or any of that shit. So, but what, I, what I'm saying is, when it comes to combat sports, it's even more of a deficit for a woman 
because it's of the impact on the body. Whereas soccer, it's it's mostly the impact is on headers and co- you know maybe some collisions and some tackles uh, and, and colliding maybe when two people are going for you know to head the ball simultaneously. But you don't heading the ball. If I should also mention in 2010, FIFA lightened the ball for that reason. They saw the ball was too heavy, too many concussions were being had. So if you really are that interested, you can find videos on YouTube of when of how like they'd show players would have an arc in their shot. And then when they change the ball going in, I think the 2010 world cup balls would just go floating into the air. Cause players didn't know how to put the arc on the ball because it was so light. So FIFA's already done their job. And yeah, sorry, this has a big sidebar, but women are still upset saying it doesn't work for us. So it, it just goes to show when you're getting hit in the head or, and you have a, a thicker bone structure as a man, that means your impact will be greater if your your knuckles are thicker, as well as on the skull being thinner when it goes up against a woman's head. It's it's not a good combination. It, it shouldn't be allowed, and it, it's really a matter of the whole argument for transgender people is that they don't want to be looked at as as freaks or or anything. So it's let's just include them. But there is no real proper solution no fair solution here i agree when it comes to fighting i mean there's really not that's why i i just i personally unless you're going to make a whole division i i just i'm not a fan of it well we've talked a bunch about that situation let's talk about something that's a little bit more funny to talk lighthearted yeah thank yeah God. let's lighten the i mean hell the one guy's jacket might have been stealing something from mark henry in that old salmon coat i mean as you can see in the thumbnail, I mean, Conor McGregor just can't keep his ass out the news, dude. I mean, dude, at what point does it become enough? But they were at the VMAs, and him and Machine Gun Kelly got into it. Um, first of all, he's moving around pretty good on that leg for being somebody that shattered his leg. And uh, I don't know, man. I just, I've said it before. I I don't understand why Conor keeps doing this stuff. I think it's a bad look for the sport. But, uh, Corey, what are your thoughts on the whole Conor McGregor versus Machine Gun Kelly? Well, uh, when it had both kind of came across their news feeds, I guess you could say, uh, you had brought it up to me, actually. I believe we were in an Xbox party at the time. But you had brought it up to me and asked me, you know, what my thoughts were on it, and isn't it crazy, and yada, yada. And uh, my description actually was, I'm starting to get to the point with Conor McGregor where it's not that I am mad about it or something like that i just don't i'm to the point where i'm starting to just not care about his you think that's because he's not winning i think that has a good portion to do with it and not it's not just because he's not winning right like i'm a big fan of nate diaz he doesn't win all his fights i'm a big fan of a lot of fighters that don't win all their fights shit Michael Johnson's still one of my favorite fighters, and he's on like a five fight skid right now. Huge, huge Michael Menace fan. Here's the difference, though. So, Connor got beat up. Connor's gotten beat up at this point. At no, least when Nate gets in there, he fights every me, time. What for me? What the issue is, Kyle, is his damn mouth. I am just so sick of like. We I get agree. it. That's we get. That's what's made you the millionaire and the biggest name in the UFC, and to the point where you are. But you were doing it in a different level, and I don't just think that was because he was winning before. I just think he was doing it differently. He just had a better mojo about him, his his demeanor and the way that he was able to 
nitpick and critique people and be the heel that everybody still was hoping to see potentially win and stuff. I feel like all, not all of it, but a gigantic portion of it is all gone. And I am genuinely at that point now where like, when I see it, I didn't care to like follow up with the story. I didn't like look into, Oh, did they get in each other? Like, I just was like, Oh, okay. So I, I was thinking it's, it's kind of that celebrity philosophy of any publicity is good publicity. So bad publicity is good publicity. Like Connor's got to keep his name out there to keep making money somehow. He's got to stay relevant to, I don't know, get more whiskey commercials, I guess. I don't know. He already sold his whiskey brand too. I'm, I'm just set. Proper number 12. Yep. Proper number 12. Um, but I, I'm just saying it. It might be that, but you're saying, Corey's saying it's making him feel apathetic towards him, so it, it could be working against him. Uh, but I, I think it might be, a, for me, a little bit because he hasn't won so many fights. Like, I'm not looking at it, but I, I don't mind his mouth so much. Like, I, I especially when he was backing it up. Well, for sure. But, like, the wrestling fan of me always loved it, too, but I think him. you guys both said it, too. With him not winning and being dominant like he is, that's part of the whole persona. Even if he would have won that fight against Dustin in his last one, I agree. He's taking it over the line, but I'm saying he'd get away with it more. The whole fucking, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to like this, that, and the other. Like, what? You can't go and try to play the role just a couple months ago before he beat you in the second match that you guys had. he is he's a great man i hope the best for him other than when we fight he held up a bottle of his hot sauce and the pressers and stuff you know like he did everything he could to hype up dustin poirier because he thought he was just going to starch him and move on to the next one and then in the second or in the third match he wanted to play this heel role again and it just was a total flop for me it was just a total flop it was just it was there wasn't any single moment of it where I could be like, oh, yeah, he did good when he brought up this about Dustin or about the UFC or about somebody ahead of him. Or it, it's all bad. And when you talk about, like, the likes of uh, what, he, what he had brought up with uh, Khabib's father and stuff after his passing and stuff with COVID and stuff, it was just it, – it's just so out of touch and out of taste. It's just, it, it's just bad. It's just flat out just bad. Well, I mean, Kathy chiming in in the comments, and uh, if you haven't already done so, check out Twisted Tumblers, man. She's got uh, she sent us some pretty badass cups. Yeah, I was about uh, to say, the... where is your cup when you were drinking the orange juice? I'm was, not uh, drinking. It was, it was no. Arizona Energy. That's the thing. oh, okay. Kathy says she's over Conor McGregor because she said if he would have won that fight with Dustin, he'd have something to be cocky about. And I think that's the moral of the story. I feel like it's one thing to the Paul brothers. I mean, hell I'm, I'm okay with it. Let him fight the Paul brothers. That's fine with me because he's only got two fights left on his UFC deal. I mean, I'll tell you though. I think if he fights Nate Diaz again and Nate manages to beat him, Connor's done. I mean, but realistically i i would rather see him fight somebody like a matchup that we've seen him be rumored to have a bunch and i have a feeling that rda is going to be coming off a loss because he's already scheduled to fight islam but i would love to see him for his rda 
That, that would be a match that I would love to see him versus Nate Diaz again, like you had said. I feel like there's I, tons, tons of fights. There's other matchups, but my only thought with the names you made. Sure, but some of the names you named, though, I think if we're talking about what's going to be the fight that he's going to take, I think it's got to be Nate because I think he's going to see that as the safest path to getting back in the win column. Plus, Nate is going to be the biggest name they're going to give him right off the rip because he's not going to fight another huge name off of that. So I think, honestly, I feel like all roads lead to Nate whenever that eventually happens. But then again, shout out to Nate, to Nate, man. He's been calling out nothing but big names. He's saying he wants to fight. Uh, uh, yes, I couldn't speak it out. Thank you. And that, but, uh, if, yeah. if that, if that match does end up forming before the end of the year, like it's being rumored to, uh, to be, that is going to be an amazing fight. I feel like Vicente Luque, has started to garner some uh, fan attention in his last couple fights because of just the fact that he stepped up in competition. But if you go back as far as... Andy's been a straight fucking savage. Yeah, well, if you go back to, like, his Nico Price fight, you go back further on, and he has just been a savage the whole time. He may just now be starting to uh, garner some fan attention. But that being said, he is just... He's been amazing throughout. He, I believe he's only had one slip up in the division. I can't think of uh, who that was offhand. Oh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. That, that's who his recent slip up was. But other than that, he's looked absolutely amazing. So I'm, I'm incredibly inci- excited yes. to see what that uh, matchup could lead to. Dom's got his tag partner ready to go and shit right here. And, uh, I don't know, man. Like I said, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes out of there. I just, I mean, as far as Conor McGregor's antics go at this point, dude, I, as far as Conor McGregor's antics go, I think it's bad for the sport at this point. At least as he's not throwing they, chairs through buses anymore. But I mean, at what point <laughs> has it become enough, dude? That that was when he went too far. I don't know if it was a well. He he caught he threw a chair through the bus window, and because of that, right. like multiple people lost their fight because they got glass in their eyes. And like I said, enough's enough. As far as uh, you know, as far as the rest of that stuff went, where he goes, I mean. Look, dude, Nate Diaz will always have that because the thing is, Nate still gets in there and scraps, and he looked pretty good against Leon Edwards. So, hell, if that's the fight they're going to give him, I, I'm I'm interested to see what he do with it. Uh, if you guys are watching or check this out uh, in post, let us know who you want to see Nate and Connor fight next. If, if I could um, make a, a, a soccer comparison real quick, Nate Diaz is like Borussia Dortmund. Right, like there's going to be a lot of goals when you watch a Borussia Dortmund game because their defense isn't all that great, but they're going to score a lot of goals. Like Nate Diaz is going to get punched a lot, but that's not going to be all that happens. You're going to see a lot. You're going to see a lot of offense both ways, which makes it interesting. And what another thing that I find incredibly interesting is the fact of how much buzz his fact with uh, not his fight, but his brother's fight, should I say? is getting with uh, Robbie Lawler coming in just two weeks. I feel like that fight is... Uh, on my birthday! That that fight is kind of garnering uh, more attention in what I've been able to notice from uh, social media and stuff. 
than even the title fight, the uh, Brian Ortega Volkanovski fight. Oh yeah, Which more is- people are excited about the Lawler fight. I feel like, even though I'm really looking forward to this Ortega fight. Yeah. Like I, I said, mean- man, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to that happening. We're definitely gonna have to check that out uh, on my birthday. I like I said, I think a lot of it has to do with. I mean, again, it goes back to what we've talked about with the UFC before. There's not really that next star that's really gonna move up that point, even if. Uh, we're talking about the people that have the belts. Well, I don't know, man. We've had quite the weekend, the quite the week weekend, all that stuff between we wrestling and MMA. Page, I mean, we did. We talked about Andrade versus Pac. Andrade versus Pac was on Rampage. That was like that took like the first half of Rampage. I just no, didn't no. go through. Right, we didn't. We didn't. There weren't any other matches. I didn't go through any of the other stuff because the only other thing that really came out of Rampage is that. Uh, Punk said that Hobbs and uh, Hobbs and Hook from Team Taz can get it too. So I mean, that was the main well, thing coming one, out of there. One thing I do want to uh, make note of before we do uh, say our closing remarks is uh, some lovely bare knuckle we had on the weekend. I I was getting to that. That was where I, I, I was I going next. Were, but... but I feel like it was a perfect time for me to get my one uh, way to segment us into the next category, and that being our great friend that we had prior guest of the show josh burns man finally got his match with shoemaker he's been calling for for what the last three fights ever since he's made his move hey, over no to the kfc and uh had knocked him out in what like 30 seconds yeah it couldn't have been much more than that yeah so i mean shout out josh burns on the way back up uh to that and i mean that puts him right back in title contention for the heavyweight title dude that's what i was just about to say is you know he's right back in the mix for the heavyweight belt bkfc is yet again another card in the books man i am a big fan i keep saying it after every one of their numbered events that uh they're they're impressing me with what they're able to put on Granted, their their skill level, or not skill level, I feel like that's not the right word. Their caliber of athletes is going to continue to improve as it needs to a little bit, in my opinion. Um, But they're doing a great job with what they've got. Their production level is great. Their commentators are doing great. Their their in-ring action is absolutely phenomenal. They had, I believe, like a 12 or 13-fight card. Uh, this last Friday, and every single one of them ended in a stoppage. Not a single fight went to the third round. So if you're looking for action, uh, I don't know what more what more you could ask for other than that. It was an incredible night for uh, any of us uh, BKFC fans out there. Yeah, I mean, no real argument there. I mean, shout out to Josh Burns on the big W. Maybe we'll have to uh, get him back there. And, uh, you know, next week we got past guests to show Mondo Gutierrez stepping back in the ring for LFA one fifteen on UFC fight pass. And I mean, dude, it's, uh, it's just got a lot of stuff going down, dude. It's going to be interesting to see how things play out. Bare knuckle, you know, bare knuckle is making some good moves. Um, I don't know, man, there's a lot of good stuff to come and that's not even talking about that. They finally signed, the biggest fight boxing had to make in that Canelo and uh, Caleb plant are going to fight. And then you've also got um, Sean Porter versus um, shit. 
Sean Porter versus I can't remember his opponent. They just yeah, I can't remember offhand. I'm drawing well, a blank. Sean Porter. To argue, argue your point real quick uh, before we close off on the boxing thing. Do you really think the Canelo fight's bigger than a Fury versus uh, Joshua fight? Because I feel as though as far as biggest... skill level, I do. I feel like that's the biggest uh, draw in boxing they can do right now. Because Canelo, everybody loves Canelo, but I feel like he's reaching that level where everybody almost goes into the fight right. and he's going to win. Here's so, why it means more, though. It don't, To me, it has nothing to do with knowing he's going to win or not. Nobody has even gotten really close to unifying all the titles in how long. That is incredibly impressive, and that is a valid point that I forgot in my argument. And that exactly my point so that uh, that immediately puts that above it because if canelo wins this he's got all the fucking belts yeah i mean you can't can't argue and he's the biggest star in boxing right now say whatever the fuck you want there's no other pure boxer right now i believe that is a bigger star than him right now valid point so for me uh, that's why i feel like that's the bigger fight although that being said, I want to see. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm not happy to see Fury and Joshua fight again. Hell, I want to see Fury and fucking Wilder fight again. Well, that's uh, that's why I say Fury Joshua is because that one was the one that was dangled in front of our face was supposed to happen and then didn't, and now is getting replaced with the Wilder Part Two, with, or Part Three, should I say? Which I am interested in. I'm going to end up watching because I do like boxing when they put on entertaining fights, and I feel as though that will be an entertaining fight. But um, nonetheless, I, I my interest level for that comparing to the Joshua fight is significantly less. I can see that. But, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it more from just the uh... – just a skill standpoint, but like, like we said, man, like Dom brought up with AEW rampage and all that stuff. If you guys haven't already done so, you know, make sure you hit subscribe and knock out three counts before you head out. But, uh, check out AEW dark that went down tonight. You might see a familiar face, an alien from planet Detroit. You know, our buddy, the mysterious Movado made his AEW debut and took on newly signed Fuego del Sol on AEW dark. Uh, tonight, shout out to Movado. Movado's been rocking with us since the very beginning of the show four years ago. Uh, he's how I got linked up with Sam Adonis, and I mean, he's wrestled everywhere. Him and his brother, Bubba McKenzie, you know, they've wrestled against the Rock and Roll Express. He's wrestled over there in Mexico. He's wrestled all over the place, and it's good to see our boy, the mysterious Movado, getting his hit. So uh, stay tuned. We might be bringing him back. Uh, so like I said, man, there's a lot going on in the world of knockouts and three counts. And uh, like I say, stay tuned. I'm uh, also looking at getting to try to get uh, James Lynch back on the channel to talk about some fights coming up soon. So, uh, like I said, Congrats, James Lynch on the uh, hell yeah birth of your uh, child, by the way. Hell yeah, man! Shout out to James on that. Shout out to Devin on becoming a new dad. And Dom, like always, dude, I appreciate. I, I, I owe the viewers an apology, though. Um, I said take the Niners on that bet, and man, did that bet look good until. The 49ers, they, they, they just they checked out. They were already like looking at the in-flight menu for their meals. And in the final two minutes, Detroit brought it within eight points. And the spread was eight and a half. Ooh, eight and a half. Was it really? Yes. The spread was eight and a half. I said, take the Niners. <laughs> well, <laughs> me, me not being a gambling man, 
I love to discuss things in the gambling world, and that is what you call a bad beat, for sure. But uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't put any money on it. I meant to, but I, for some reason, I just said, you know what? I'm not. For any of you guys it. who are listening, if you see us out the same way, you guys stop us and tell us what's up. If you see Dom, tell that motherfucker he owes you a beer. No. <laughs> But before, before we close, <laughs> since you brought up our lovely Detroit Lions, I felt as though that was just a lovely uh, carryover from the Stafford era. Uh, oh, yeah. We, you love, you love to see golf carve up a prevent. Until the fourth quarter. No, what it is is a prevent defense. All right, I'm going to make this very easy for anyone who doesn't really like know a whole lot about football but likes football. In the fourth quarter, when teams are up by a lot, they play what is called a prevent defense. They'll start dropping defensive back to their secondary a little further, allowing you to gain little chunks of yardage. What's happening here is there's a transaction going out on the field. One team is saying, hey, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll give we'll, you this much, but you can't take that much. It, yes, and, like and, a, and a you'll waste, game. you'll run out of time. You, you'll get the you know a bunch of yards. You'll eventually end up with the touchdowns. It'll all look nice. Your stats will look nice. But you're going to run out of time before you can pick up the points necessary. So it's really just it, – it's a transaction going out on the field. And when you see Stafford's stats over those years, it's fool's gold. It's, it's empty. Oh, my mom wants her dog. <laughs> hey, <laughs> man. I guess that's her telling us the same way that we are about out of time on it, but I agree with you. The Lions need to get their shit together, and I feel like for all you people that talk shit about Stafford, how do you feel about Goff now? But until uh, until next Boy, time, wait, Goff did everything Stafford did. He, I mean, that's looked, what I'm saying. They all but they all bitched great. about Stafford so bad. When you count in the fact that he is a discount Stafford, that we got a ton of draft picks. We got an extra first round pick. We, we yeah. basically hold their. They're like, you want to take golf because we can't. We can't take both their contracts. So we're like, well, how bad do you want to get rid of golf? So we extorted an extra first round pick for golf. Like we who, we got a first round pick to take him. Who I also feel may, not in the elite of the NFL by no means, but I feel Bottom like he could be in the top fifteen of quarterbacks in the league, and to get a valid. To get a valid starter, somebody who can jump uh, on your team, especially with the fact that you have a whole new coaching organization, you know, in the organization. The I, new... I, I must point out, Goff is afraid to throw it deep. He, he likes is. these little, yes, and that is why Absolutely. he's not in L.A. anymore. If you want to know why he's not in L.A., it's because he's, th- you know, he'll have guys further down the field and he'll have all day. Our line did well for him. He had plenty of time and, oh, two-yard dump pass over here like really man you didn't have anybody open downfield during all of that time like, he's literally afraid to throw it down the field i'm hoping some of that will change once he gets used to the offense but that he said, didn't get used to it in sean mcveigh's with better better weapons he had cooper cup and you know what Jared goff doesn't like throwing it to wide receivers he loves throwing it to tight ends traditionally yeah. so hawkinson is going to have a great year because we have the worst wide receiving core in the league. Uh, so if you have Hawk on your uh, fantasy league, you're probably going to see you know some big numbers, and Hawk's going to see an inflated season because of lacking in the receiving core. He, he's going to pick up some extra stuff, and he's he's going to have he's going to be the new stat pad for 
he's going to be the one with the extra stats that look great, but it just there's nobody else. So he's eating more. More is on his plate, and everybody else is getting just you know little snacks of receptions. If you get what I'm saying, you you get a snack pack. You get a snack pack for Hawkinson, motherfucking steak. Well, we've given you steak and even a little bit of extra sizzle because Dom went off on his football rant. But right, my bad. <laughs> We have given you another episode of Podcast Gold. Make sure you check us out this Thursday. Like I said, uh, there could be an alien uh, UFO sighting on uh, knockouts and three counts. But uh, like I said, until then and in the in-between time, make sure you've already hit that subscribe button and stay tuned because you never know just who it is who might show up here. So until next time and in the in-between time, peace. Thanks for having me.